Welcome to episode 222. Today, John and I have a lot to talk about, uh, covering Alaska, United, and so much more. Welcome to a brand new episode. Alright, welcome once again to a brand new episode of Taking Flight. Uh, John and I are excited to bring what we have um, in store to talk about today. Um, so I know that uh, a lot has been happening this week and uh, with uh, the aviation community. How has your week been, John? That's been busy. Yeah, same here. There's been a ton of news. Um, some great news for both John and I as Seattle Seahawks fans is that we won today against the Arizona Cardinals. So that is uh, that's uh, big for us. And uh, those Cardinals will be going back on their triple seven. And uh, yeah, it's, it was great for us. So to kick off this episode, I want to talk about a 737 MAX um, that the crew of an Air Canada flight um, 990 reported a loss of cabin pressure just 30 minutes after departure due to PAC's problem after Mexico City um, departing Mexico City following a diversion in Houston, Texas. The flight was flying a regularly, regularly scheduled flight from Mexico City to Toronto. The aircraft registration is Charlie-Golf Mike Echo X-Ray. The aircraft is fitted with two packs. However, should one fail, the aircraft should operate at a lower altitude. This sometimes results in a rapid descent from the flight crew to get to the aircraft to a safe altitude where passengers and crew don't need cabin pressurization. Um, so Air Canada claimed, uh, the flight claimed that, uh, no, Claimed out of my that uh, this doesn't make any sense. I got took this out of uh, an article. This little piece in um, it should say climbed out of Mexico City. Uh, they were clearing. They were cleared for um, to a cruise altitude of twenty nine thousand feet. However, when the crew advised the, of the issue, they requested leveling at off at 20,000 feet and moved into a holding pattern. Soon after, the crew continued to climb up to 29,000 feet. After leaving, they could continue in service. So, the aircraft ended up diverting to Houston, and everybody was fine. So, we all know that uh, Alaska Airlines is my favorite airline, and a few days ago, they announced that they will be launching their longest route from JFK to Anchorage. The flight will be operated by one of the airline's MAX 8 aircraft, which they do not yet have, but will have in time to operate the flight. Um, the flight is slated to launch June 13, 2024. So this will be connecting Ted Stevens with New York City's John F. Kennedy, making it the longest route in the airline's network. The 3,385-mile route will be served by the last by Alaska's latest genera- generation Max 8, as I said, until May- mid-August, Alaska's second longest route to to Chicago at Harry International Airport, where it is where it faces competition from United Airlines, which also deploys its Max aircraft to the last frontier state. There are 48 states 
states scheduled in each direction of the 2,846-mile route up to two on peak days. The route from Anchorage to Honolulu is less than 100 miles shorter than the shorter at 2,777 miles, and both routes are operated by the Boeing 737-900. A transcontinental route is the fourth longest route in Alaska Airlines Network as it is home at Seattle as its home is at Seattle Tacoma International Airport um, to Miami International, covering the 2,724-mile 2, route is the fleet of the 737-900s. The first international route appears at number five from Los Angeles International Airport to Juan Santa Maria International Airport in San Jose, Costa Rica. Alaska deploys the mid-sized 737-800s on the 2,721-mile route. So the Anchorage uh, to New York um, is a 3,385-mile uh, route, while the Anchorage to Chicago is 2,846. Uh, the Anchorage to Honolulu is 2,777. Seattle to Miami is 2,724. And Los Angeles, San Jose, 2,721. And I have a link that you can click on for uh, New York flights. Um Though Alaska Airlines serves Miami from Seattle, it also serves Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. The Boeing 737 MAX 9 is the aircraft deployed on this 2,717-mile route, continuing with transcontinental routes. Next is the 2,704-mile route from Boston Logan International Airport to San Francisco International Airport, which is operated twice daily with the 737-900, the latest aviation news Never mind, don't I don't know how that got in there. Um, number seven is a route from Seattle to Hawaiian Airlines. No, to the Hawaiian Islands, my apologies. The route from Seattle to Louis is two thousand seven hundred one miles and is operated twice daily by the seven thirty seven eight hundred. The route is the eighth eighth spot. Uh will launch the will launch next month on November seventeenth from Portland to Miami. By June, Alaska Airlines will fly between two cities once daily using the 900, 900s for the 2,700-mile route. So Seattle Tacoma International Airport is not the only airport in the region to receive service from Alaska Airlines. Painfield and Everett, though farther north of Seattle, is easily accessible to many, which enabled Alaska to begin service directly to Honolulu. Flights are scheduled to operate once daily in June on the 2,694-mile route, rounding out the top 10 in another Hawaii route. But Kona, um, uh, to Kona, Alaska Airlines has three daily flights from Seattle to Kona on the 737-800. So the Seattle-Fort Lauderdale is a 2,717 um, mile route, San Francisco to Boston, 2,846. Seattle to Louis is 2,777. Everett to Honolulu is 700, 2,724. And Seattle to Kona is 2,721. And I have some links that I will put in the description. Now, John, I know you have some stuff to talk about. That was a little bit long on my part. And let's hear what you have to talk about. All right. Well, I just came across this article we're going to also talk about hawaiian airlines suspending service into uh new zealand uh it shows that uh hawaiian airlines uh to new zealand flights 
However, this route will experience a suspension during the Northern Hemisphere summer nights and is expected to resume service in November 2024. Currently, HA446 departs from Auckland in the late evening at 2330 on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Saturdays. The northbound flight has a duration of 8 hours and 50 minutes with an arrival at Honolulu Daniel K. Inui International Airport at 0920. Uh, the schedule conveniently allows passengers to spend a day at Holoe's beaches or connect to various destinations such as Las Vegas, Los Angeles, and uh, New York's JFK. Also, uh, American Airlines has placed a new order for four of the new E-175s, which will go over to Envoy Air and just be able to expand and help them out over there at Envoy Air as they uh, grow. Uh, Air France is leaving Oli Airport. Uh, Transavia will be the main airline out of that airport as uh, Air France does have to keep one route out of that airport, out of that airport. But as of 2026, Air France will fully be leaving that airport, and um, more flights will be uh, flown out of uh, Charles de Gaulle. So we're going to see a, a bigger presence at Charles de Gaulle with a lot more flights uh, leaving that area. Cebu uh-huh. Pacific is. is uh, a Philippine airline, they uh, have, uh, they're eyeing an order of 150 narrow body aircraft. Uh, we're going to see who they're going to go with, whether it'll be uh, Boeing or Airbus. But from what I know, um, Cebu Pacific operates an all Airbus fleet. They already operate the A320 Neo and the A321 Neo. They're still getting deliveries on both the A320neo and A321neo and they have five A330neos at their disposal so it'll be um, this is also um, the largest aircraft order in Philippine history uh, it'll be um, shook up to uh, I think it's 101 A321neos and 57 or 50 of the A320neos um, I'm not sure how the numbers are, but that's about what they're supposed to be. It is the largest uh, order in Philippine uh, aviation history if uh, Cebu goes through with this order. Uh, as for that, that's all I have on my end. All right, and I wanted to go back to the E-175 order. So for those who are unaware, um, Envoy Air is a – it's owned – it's a – um owned by American Airlines, it's the subsidiary, so um, it's kind of like, it's kind of like Alaska Airlines with uh, Horizon Air, um, they own Horizon Air, but uh, it's kind of um, has its own, its own managers and stuff, and it's kind of like its own entity. But at the same time, it's like an airline within an airline. It's kind of hard to explain in one little epi- um, episode. So, yeah, let's talk about United Airlines. So there was recently um, a, an incident with the United Airlines 757 that saw the aircraft uh, that ne- that returned to 
safely to New York five hours after departure. Um, this flight was uh, between New York and Dublin, operated by 757-200. Um, the aircraft was northwest of Gander when it decided to make a U-turn. This happened on October 7th as the crew on board United Flight um, 317 heard a large bane and an unexpected movement from the aircraft at around 2 hours and 40 minutes in flight. At this point, the pilot reviewed the engine indicating and crew alerting system, which is the ICAS, um, where a number one engine showed vibration. At this point, the crew referred to the quick reference handbook and decided to reduce the engine power, hoping the vibration would decrease. Um, I haven't heard any more on that incident, um, but I'll keep you guys up to date. So we all know that entertainment on board an aircraft is is quite important, especially on a long haul flight. And uh, st- st- sticking on United Airlines, um, United Airlines is integrating Bluetooth on its aircraft. Such connectivity is already available on um, in a, on a wide variety of aircraft um, in a world. You know, where Bluetooth headphones are becoming increasingly favored compared to their wired counterparts, the pressure is on airlines to adapt their aircraft to be compatible with such devices. After all, many passengers would prefer to consume in-flight entertainment via their own headphones. With this in mind, United Airlines has been showcasing the benefits of Bluetooth-enabled planes. So you're going to start to see that on their aircraft. They're also, um, their new a three twenty one aircraft and their new max aircraft they're integrating a lot of new technology on board those aircraft um and uh, we'll dig into that on a later episode so let's talk about me a little bit um i am on wednesday this coming wednesday uh october 28th i will be headed to the airport Got to be there at 4.30 a.m. Pacific time. It's an early one. Going to be flying Delta out to uh, Chicago, going back to Michigan, and then I'll come back on November 8th. Now, you, you guys will probably remember that I just was there, but uh, I'm going back there to do some work for family and uh, definitely looking forward to that trip. And I know a lot. Um, we have uh, a Delta fanboy here, uh, John Reed, my host co-host and uh trying to get him on the right side because we all know alaska airlines is the way to go they have the best customer service and anyways that's my own biased opinion so yeah there's a lot john that has happened throughout the past week since we last put out an episode and like we mentioned at the beginning of the last episode is that Aviation is a fun, it's a fun thing because it never gets old. There's always something new coming out. Um, There's always things happening that you don't expect. And it's always, you know, it's, there's always something that's going to be an eye opener. And it's definitely great to keep your ears and eyes open to see what is in store as far as the aviation community goes. So, yeah, Um, something I want to talk about is Flight Radar 24. Those of us who are a gold member or even a silver member uh, with the um, with Flight Radar 24, they just uh, partnered with, and I don't want to butcher this. I'm going to look at the name. I think it's Infinite Flight. Um, Infinite Flight is, uh, they're a flight simulator. 
um, but and they release um, different uh, aircraft as well for flight simulators, and they uh, partnered with take um, with Flight Radar Twenty Four, enabling the three D view um, to look a whole lot better. You can now see the livery of the aircraft on the on the aircraft that you are viewing in three D, and the three D mode mode, and it is infinite infinite flight um sorry i think i butchered that um but anyways yeah it makes the new 3d view so amazing and uh it's definitely it's great so that is all we have in store for today's podcast want to thank you so much for listening and um hopefully next week we can get another episode out for you and until next time fly safe